0: Okay, let's go. And welcome. An impromptu episode with Latimer Alder here as he wants to talk about our Keefe and what he's up to and how much he wants to accelerate things. Latimer, talk to me.
1: Okay, John. Good evening. Um, Yeah, I thought we might do a little chat today because Keir Starmer, who's the leader of the UK's Labour Party, Has had a press conference and he's uh, announced some new measures he wants to do if he becomes leader of the next government in the area of net zero. Uh, Most particularly, he wants to decarbonise the electricity grid by 2030, which is only six years away. Uh, And he's affirmed, as he said before, he wants to do effectively kill the North Sea oil and gas industry that we have today.
0: Sounds ambitious.
1: it sounds very ambitious, and I think we can prove to our own satisfaction that it's a it's a plan without a it's it's an idea without a plan that could possibly be achieved. So it's typical politicians. I thought we might start with just a little parable about how this uh, press launch went. We're told that the press were going to be bus to the conference centre in a hydrogen bus to the to Leith, which is part of Edinburgh in, in Scotland. Um, The hydrogen bus never turned up because it had broken down. So they sent a diesel bus, which, of course, is uh, powered by fossil fuels that they they hate so much. And it also got lost on its way to the conference centre in Leith. And Leith, though a fine part of Edinburgh, no doubt, is not the biggest place in the world. And to get lost on the way to a conference centre in Leith really is missing the point big time. So that was not a great start for Mr. Starmer. When he did get going, what he, what, the first thing he said was that he was going to uh, kill off the North Sea oil industry, uh, oil and gas industry, which is where we still get in UK quite a lot of our fossil fuels. Um, this has a wonderful echo to the German experience where some years ago they decided they were not going to bother with their own fossil fuel industry and oil and gas because they could buy it all from nice Mr. Putin
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. uh, via pipelines and so forth. Uh, Mr. Trump famously told them they were nutcases. They all laughed, but in the end, Mr. Trump had the last laugh. Right. Yeah, on other people to give
0: you. And, and if, if memory recalls, uh, well, if I recall correctly, uh, Germany's currently tearing down a wind farm in order to get at the lignite underneath it.
1: Exactly it is.
0: And and so
1: it is that, that when you come up with these grand statements, we won't need that anymore, <laughs> and other people will, will run to help us, um, those are hostages to fortune. Um, there are many examples in history. In the UK, we, we tore up most of our railways 50 years ago, right. and a lot of people have regretted that ever since, thinking, well, actually, they would have been quite useful now. Yeah, and, and, and we've done is. we've done nothing but try and reopen canals ever since. Exactly, and um, and that's that's what he says he's going to do. It seems to me that to, to go to Scotland and tell them that he is his plan is to effectively kill one of their more prosperous industries is political madness. But he seems to think that that is that is a sensible thing to do. But let's come to this idea of decarbonising the grid, the electricity grid. At the moment. Britain gets about twenty percent of its energy via electricity. And what he's saying is that 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 should that should become one hundred percent decarbonized by twenty thirty. Well, twenty thirty is only two and a half thousand days away, and it's probably at least five hundred days away before Mr. Dharma could possibly be in power. So he's basically saying he can decarbonize the grid in 2,000 days. A very ambitious target. And we'll see why it's a very ambitious target in a moment. At the moment, our electricity comes from a variety of sources. We have nuclear power, making about 10 or 15% of it. We have wind power, um, gas power, making 40% of it. Tiny little bit of coal power occasionally. And the rest is made up by what they call renewables, so that's wind and solar and hydro and for accounting reasons they chop it they chuck in firewood which we
0: import from the United States. Canada. Well Canada, isn't it? Renewable yeah. thing to do. Yeah, like the, the pellets, the wood pellets, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. We import wood
0: pellets, Chopped.
1: they chop down forests
0: in Georgia, stick them in a diesel
1: ship them across the Atlantic, burn them in Yorkshire and call it green. It's weird. Now, let's think about how we're going to do this decarbonisation. And that means effectively, we have to get rid of the gas and we have to get rid of the coal. And we have to do all that, which is getting on for half of our electricity within 2000 days. And the, the lovely idea they have is, well, we'll replace it all with wind and solar power. And we have two two troubles with wind and solar power. And the first one, in solar power, for example, we can easily see. If you want to buy some solar power at midday in June, it's probably very cheap. And the reason it's probably very cheap is there's an awful lot of it about in the height of summer. The sun is out. The sun is high in the sky. It's producing a lot of electricity. Yippee, cheapest electricity ever from solar. If you want to buy that same amount of solar power at midnight in December, you can't because it doesn't exist. There is no solar power at midnight in December. If you look at wind power, you have the same problem. Wind power occasionally produces a great deal of power. you can produce many, many gigawatts, but equally frequently it produces nothing at all. And so even the combination of solar and wind is an unreliable way of making power. We, the people, actually kind of like having electricity on demand. So when we plug in a cooker or a laptop or a TV or our electric drill or whatever it might be, that we actually get something coming down from the power stations to give us the uh, the power and whatever it is we
0: want to do. And and we tend to be a bit inconvenient for the power generators because we like to have our power when it's dark and cold. Yep, exactly. So it's solar power
1: does not help when you want it in the middle of December because it's dark and cold, and you want to watch Coronation Street or EastEnders or whatever. Right. So the wind doesn't blow all the time, and the solar power doesn't blow all the time, and we make up up that number, make up that difference with gas and coal at the moment. Really, the the function of gas is to be there for when everything else isn't. It's the reliable brother that comes along and, and, you know, the reliable big brother that gets its younger renewables out of trouble when it needs to. And, of course, the, the simple idea says, well, we'll just get rid of the gas. Well, if you get rid of the gas. You haven't solved the problem because you still have the the intermittency of the wind and solar. Well, says people, we can use batteries. We can store the excess solar power and we can store the excess wind power and use those. And batteries will save us. Well, when you come to look at it, batteries aren't going to save us. And the reason they're not going to save us is they're nowhere near capable enough of doing so. There's a big hoo-ha where... We've installed, apparently in the UK, the biggest battery in Europe. Fantastic. It's made of however many hundred Tesla mega packs, which you know, it's taken, taken them three months of full-time production to make this stuff, or whatever it might be. And everybody, when it was all switched on, making big stuff about, look how we're leading Europe. Until you look at actually how long the battery can store stuff for, and it could actually power the UK for 22 seconds, not 22 minutes or 22 hours, but 22 seconds before it ran out completely. And that's the biggest one we've got in Europe. So to do anything sensible with batteries, you'd need to install something like 5,000 of those things. And you're going to do that in 2,000 days, which is four—you know, one every four days. And you there aren't factories in the world big enough to make those things at that rate. So somehow you've got to build the factories as well. And you're gonna do all this in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not that cheap either, but and they're heavy and there's all, all sorts of other things. And they take up an awful lot of land. The the biggest battery in Europe took up five acres of land to keep the country going for twenty two seconds. And we, you know, land is something we haven't got a lot of. We ran out of it when the channel the channel was full. So, you put all these things together and you say, well, is Mr. Starmer's new plan of new plan and new course through choppy waters achievable? And the answer is no, it's not. And realistically, you don't have to think about it very hard to come to that conclusion. Mr. Starmer's plan, one, I don't think he's got a plan, I think he's just got a vision. Uh, And two, whatever plan he came up with is, is practically unachievable. So it's all vaporware and so forth, and I think it's probably our job, because still the mainstream media aren't focusing on it, to really rip this stuff apart and show people that that this cannot work, and it's not it cannot work because we're not trying hard enough. It's it cannot work because we come up against some fundamental laws of physics and thermodynamics and all those things that can't be just repealed in Parliament by saying, well, wouldn't it be nice if. Well, it might be nice if, but but Mother
0: Nature and physics and thermodynamics isn't going to let you. Well, maybe we'll just. And that's to, really. Maybe we we'll just need to get used to not having power. Well, maybe they do, and
1: I'm not. But I'm not sure how that's going to make us rich and prosperous, and give our children a better life than we had, and all those sorts of things that we might think we wanted to do. And equally, you might think, well, Labour Party used to be the one that, that was. All for improving the lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, and particularly of the "quotes" working classes. Well, nowadays, it seems to have morphed into the exact opposite. It wants to make us all worse off, and particularly the poorer people in in society will have to pay more for their energy and have less freedoms and so forth.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound um, doesn't sound very promising, Latimer. Doesn't does it? In fact, it sounds
1: a complete, complete load of um, dog's doo doo to me. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see how things progress, and if by the time the election comes, he's still wedded to this idea. I can only imagine that there are. I mean, there are there are good people in the Labour Party, and they will be working this out for themselves.
0: Yeah. I, I, oh. I can't, and I, I—I mean, we on our last podcast we spoke about—is this a slow decline of net zero because people seem to be trying to move away from it? But Starmer seems to have got his ferret and firmly shoved them into the pipe and said, "Keep going, exactly. Keep going and push harder and push harder."
1: Yeah, um, it will be very—it will be very interesting to see because the the everywhere else around the world it's slowly dying. Um, and it never even started I, I, in some
0: places, to be fair.
1: Well, indeed, uh, indeed, uh, lip service only, if that. Um, you might, there's very interesting, they've been plotting the agenda for the next climate conference. And it, the the agenda, it's taken nine days to work out the agenda for an eight-day conference. Uh, and it's come down to, to the, the standard ways, which is, the third world are saying uh, to the first world, give us lots of money and we'll do something about climate. Uh, and then the first world are saying, well, why aren't you worried about climate? And the, third, uh, the first world is saying, as the third world is saying, because
0: you haven't given us any money. <laughs> so it's going to come down to money. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the third world doesn't want to be cold and poor. And, um, yep. and we seem to be going down the route that we're going to make ourselves cold and poor We're going to make ourselves cold and
1: poor but and everybody else is going to be so impressed by us being cold and poor, they'll leap to do the same
0: Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> We'll leave it there, John. Yeah, I think so and, uh, Thank you for that illuminating conversation Latimer, um, you've really picked up the mood tonight